0: I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You, Michelle Abraham, your host here today, and I am very excited to bring you a behind-the-mic interview with Ken Strader, the host of the Good Change podcast. And I am just so excited to introduce you to Ken. Let me just first say hi before I tell you all about him. Hi, Ken. How are you? Hi,
1: Michelle. I'm great. Thanks for having me today.
0: You're welcome. Well, this has been a pleasure having you. Uh, we met a few months ago, and, and this has turned into a really great adventure. We connected so well on the first time we met. Like I, we're kindred hearts. I think, uh, kindred spirits from uh, our love for the outdoor, outdoors, and outdoor adventure and uh, travels. So I would love to tell you a little bit more about Ken. Ken is a former international river guide and adventure out travel outfitter who's worked and played in fifty countries. He's in a lot. Askin Bush teacher turned social good entrepreneur, a Fortune 500 consultant, best-selling author, and keynote speaker. And Ken has seen firsthand how common ground blooms greater good. So, Ken, I really, I love the title of your show. I love the concept of your show. And I would love to uh, just share with our audience, what was your idea behind this show? What inspired this uh, motivation to do all the work behind launching a podcast?
1: (laughs) Well, so first, I want to say thanks to you for having me again, and also for making it possible for me to be in this position where I I have a podcast. When you and I first met, I didn't have a podcast, and I said I wanted to have something up in 30 days, and lo and behold, it was done courtesy of your great guidance (laughs) and your crew's Behind the scenes work and in front of the camera work, I've just appreciated everything you've done for me.
0: Oh, and you're welcome.
1: <laughs> so the Good Change podcast it, it came it came about and my writings are the same and my speaking the same, uh, simply as a result of a recognition that we are bigger and better than those who profit from our fear and differences and the narrative that is woven about us with those fear-driven industries is inaccurate. It just isn't who we are. So I thought to myself, how can I counterbalance that? How can I affect that in a way that allows us to have a really good impression of ourselves because we're really good people? Mm -hmm. Uh, We agree on essentially 70% of all major things. Um, We uh, are a a species that is connected by nature. And so I wanted to just promote the fact that unlike the narrative that we see from on media, with uh, pharmaceutical companies, with insurance companies, and certainly now with politicians, that we're more alike than we're different, and we need to rally around that connectedness.
0: Mm, I love that. You know, it's, it's interesting that you're the conversations that's coming up around the good change and how, you know, I think it's interesting that you're saying that 70% of things we agree on, but it's the 30% of those things that really pull us apart. And I remember you giving me an analogy of, uh, in a, in a raft, uh, and some point somewhere in Russia. So can you take us back to that moment? Cause I think that was a really great analogy of what you're trying to say here.
1: Yep. Yeah, so uh, I was fortunate enough to be a part of the first ever group of Westerners to raft in Southern Siberia. This was in the, the late 1980s when communism was still very much in force. And a friend of mine you know, created this fledgling organization called Project Raft, RAFT being an acronym for Russians and Americans for teamwork. His idea was to bring Soviet kids, high school and college kids together in rafts, literally, with American high school and college kids and do these team building trips in effort to break down the wall that existed between our countries. And at that point, actually to play some kind of role in reducing the possibility of a nuclear war. So in 1987, we were there were 13 of us that were able to fly from the States to Siberia. That was quite an adventure in and of its own right, where <laughs> exactly. uh, I can remember looking out the tiny porthole window of this rust bucket helicopter as we're flying over 14,000 foot mountains and seeing nothing but clouds. And I'm thinking, how in the heck do the pilots even know where they're going? But anyway, that's a whole other story. We landed, <laughs> unloaded the rafts out of the helicopters. We're joined on the river by our Soviet counterparts, interpreters and and also some of the better Soviet rafting guides. And we took off down this river and the first two or three days was a phenomenal cultural experience. We didn't speak the same language, the interpreters helped here and there, but we, we just learned how to communicate and found commonality in our love for rivers and our love for, for rafting. And, and so these teams were being built between strangers three days prior. Uh, at one point, we walked into a small town in the middle of nowhere called Maralavocheskoya, which literally translates to reindeer hunting village. The locals there were so surprised by our intrusion with our video cameras that look like weapons and our life jackets and dry suits that look like Martian outfits, that they ran and hid behind their curtains. And it took 20 minutes or so for some of them to come out. And finally, we were able to convince them that we weren't going to invade their country. We weren't some military operation from a different country. And we got to know them and develop friendships as well. So about day three on the river, we're really feeling the vibe. You know, we've got this great, good change essence happening here where Russians and Americans are working together on this river trip. And we uh, were floated around the corner of this long, long canyon bend and came to an opening in the canyon where the, the, the shore turned into more like plateaus and benches with farmhouses. And we're, we're euphoric in our team at this point. And we look downriver and we see this couple on shore. And as we get closer, we realize that the, the boyfriend or husband is beating the crap out of his partner, his wife or girlfriend. And so we went from this unified, euphoric feeling to kind of having a reality slap where here we are back in civilization, and this is the kind of thing that's happening in civilization. We went ashore and separated the two of them, made sure the woman was all right. Uh, She said she was going to walk back to the village, and uh, the Russian um, river guides, our counterparts, said to the gentleman in Russian, so we didn't quite understand it, but we got the intent was that if you ever lay another hand on this woman, we're going to come back and get you and it won't be pretty. And so we had this, this juxtaposition of of teamwork and camaraderie and, and, and overcoming challenges like language and whitewater uh, held up against this very tragic, violent event. And it was just a reminder that, yeah, we agree on a ton of stuff and there's still problems in the world that if we agree on 70% of all things we can use that collegiality to fix the things that are that are not working well
0: Yeah, I love that story. I've, I've really enjoyed hearing that story the first time that you said you've shared it with me. And that's why I wanted you to share it today on this show, because I think it really, and it really amplifies the, the, the message that you're really bringing to your podcast. And you've had some incredible guests on your show. Can you talk, talk to us a little bit about the, the different kinds of guests you've had on?
1: A remarkable guest. Uh, one that comes to mind is Michelle Mitchell is the founder of Hum Kombucha, which is an alternative beverage that is taking the beverage industry by storm. Uh, a lot of people five, 10 years ago, never even heard of Hum Kombucha. And now it's an international bestseller. And her conversation was about business culture and how to manifest really good change in a business environment where people truly feel empowered and as if they are vital to the organization and and that profit takes a back seat to people. Uh, I had a recently, uh, Mazinga Malu was a guest. She was the first African-American woman to run a major African bank. And she talked about the obstacles that she faced um, as she climbed the ladders as a black person in what was then more of a white industry. And then, of course, as a woman in what was and still is a largely male-dominated industry. And she's created an organization that is helping thousands of, of young African women or young African girls realize what it is that they want to do with their lives and, and then going on and achieving that. Uh, I've, I've had John Bullock on a show who is uh, the founder of the largest brick and mortar charter school in Oregon. And he talked a lot about how we have to completely shift the education dynamic, the education paradigm away from being time centric, meaning that you're going to get pushed through the system no matter how you're achieving, to being proficiency based, which means that you can take as much time as you need to. And if that's two weeks or two years to prove that you know what you need to know in the science or math or social studies world, Mm -hmm. that that's how we need to educate. And he has literally transformed education to be very student driven and and subject or proficiency driven as opposed to time driven. So all these great people who are leaders Mm -hmm. in their own right, in their respective industries, uh, visionaries, movement makers, and then everyday healers. Heroes. We're talking on uh, on our upcoming show with a woman named Kyle Ann Hunter, who is a Air Force Academy professor. And she was the first woman Cobra attack helicopter pilot in the Marines ever. And she is a staunch anti-gun violence advocate. And her conversation is really touching and powerful about the simple steps that we can take to prevent in our country, in America, this rash of mass shootings and then also suicides and accidental deaths by gun. So a lot of a lot of fantastic leaders.
0: Mm, that's amazing. Now, where are you finding these incredible people? Is this through your own personal network?
1: You know what? I just stand on a corner in downtown Redmond, population 25,000, with a sandwich board that says <laughs> yeah. guest wanted. Uh, and somehow they find me. No, it's uh, a. <laughs> It's it. I, I'm. I've been blessed. I guess, for like a better term, with the ability to just reach out to people that uh, impress me mm-hmm. and ask them to be, uh, in, in somehow or another, in my life. And and right now, having a podcast, of course, is a great. A way, a great tool to be able to connect to these people and to share what they want to share. And really, that's the essence of, of of why I think people are willing to talk to somebody who, you know, they don't know from Adam. And that is because I want to share what they want to share. Mm-hmm. And and every one of these people is eager to get a message out to make the world better. And what a great way to do it uh, uh, on a podcast like the Good Change podcast.
0: Absolutely. You know, I think that's um, a really great key point that you bring up there that you're just reaching out to people that are, you're impressed by that you may not even have a connection with, and that is perfectly okay to do that. And if not great to do that, because you're allowing those experts to come onto your show and really share their message and get it out there in the world. And that's exactly what they're seeking to do. So it's a win-win for you having these amazing experts and them to come on and share their message in the world. And in fact, it's one of my favorite ways to connect with people is reaching out with that leading with service and being able to say yeah. I would like to invite you on my show and then who knows where that relationship goes afterwards there's a lot of different potentials have you have you had some relationships that have gone on from the podcast interview to other kind of other things
1: I, certainly yeah but I mean just um, being able to Present their nonprofits and then mm. have had people that have reviewed the books that I've written after being guests on the podcast and gotten great testimonials from them. Um, you know, mm. there's I, I, I'm, I've been really blessed, like I said, with the ability to just reach out to people who who I think mm. um, have something important to share. You know, when we were doing the Project Raft thing, I actually cold called John Denver uh, <laughs> and he picked up his phone. And it wasn't because he knew me, it was, I think, because because he had been told by the operator that put us together that I sounded like I was an earnest guy who wanted to make a difference in the world. Uh, and then Meryl Streep endorsed my, my book, The Gift of Courage. Uh, that was through a connection of a connection. Mm-hmm. But it all gives, comes back to what you were just saying was, if, if people want to share their message, and they feel like you are a heart driven, legitimate helper or, or messenger deliverer, mm-hmm. then they're willing to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That's so great. I love your courage to reach out to those people that you may think are out of your reach because you're really, you're, you're doing them a service by promoting their, promoting their, their, whatever their movement is that they're on. And it's great because then you can help support getting more people on their movement and their movement wins. And it's a win-win. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So So the other the other thing
1: about that is that um, it's it it really I think it does matter to to make sure that they know that you are doing it for them and to build their their movement or their idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, And if you're earnest with that, they know that.
0: Absolutely. And that's a really great um, nugget right there too, for our audience to just really pick in on that, pick up on that. When you're reaching out to people, make sure it's all about them and what you can do for them and their movement and what they're, what's important to them. Not about your show, not my show does this and I do this and I've done this. It's because uh, I know I've been pitched by many people that that's what they lead with. And it's like, okay, well, what, why would my audience want to hear from you? Like, you know, what are you going to do for the audience? That's what they're most, you know, um, what we're most concerned about is, you know, their movement, how is it going to affect their movement or how it's going to impact their movement. So uh, another great little nugget there. I just wanted to reiterate to our our listeners today, because I think that's really important way of going about uh, doing things. Now, Ken, you are an author. You have several books. Tell us about your books.
1: So the, the, my most recent release is called Be the Good with the subtitle Becoming a Force for a Better World. And I, I just read a review on it from a reader this morning that was just so touching, so touching. She shared with the fact that the book hit her uh, in a way that allowed her to realize little things that she could do on a daily basis to change her immediate community. And then she described reading it like as sitting with a good friend over a cup of coffee. No, and, that's oh, awesome. oh my gosh, it was. Just, I just read it like an hour ago. It just blew me away. And so this book, Be the Good, presents 20 separate chapters with 20 different action items or idea steps that people can implement in their life in order to foster good change, in order to foster greater good. And they're not these esoteric, too big to bite ideas. They're things that you could implement today or tomorrow or next week with very little change to your routine and each chapter has a story around it that I think helps cement the concept and mm-hmm. and illustrate how how each one of these different action steps can work um, that is the most recent release um, before that I wrote a book called the gift of courage that was about is about seven everyday heroes who in one form or another faced their fears and went on to be significantly important in their community as change makers in their community. One are one chapter is about a gentleman named Josh Kern, who was a white middle class lawyer in Washington, D.C., upper class lawyer in Washington, D.C., who had to teach, guest teach in this high school in Ward 8 of Washington, D.C., which is the most one of the most violent neighborhoods in the country. At the time that that he did this, there were three thousand violent crimes a year in this essentially oversized neighborhood. Mm. And he said, this is unfair. There's more metal detectors than textbooks in these schools. I can do something different. He went door to door in the neighborhood in Ward 8 and said, "I'm, I'm here, even though it doesn't look like I belong here. I'm here because I feel like I belong and I want to make a difference in your community. He started Thurgood Marshall Academy on the corner of what was once murder and mayhem. And now it's a beacon of opportunity. And every single senior has gone on, has graduated and gone on to college, and they've come back to their community and are lifting that up. So that's the gift Mm, of courage. There's seven stories like that that are just inspiring. And and also, they are illustrations of of people who really, really face their fears and overcame those fears to make a difference. And it kind of points to the fact that we each have that same capacity.
0: I love it. I love the way you write books, too, because it's very different. It's not, you know, it's not your normal kind of book. It's like very actionable. Like I've read Be the Change and or Be the Good, sorry. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. It was all very like actionable items that you can do very easily. You didn't need anything extra to do just to do them. And I got so inspired three quarters of the way through the book when I was with a friend of mine who is also another change maker who I'll introduce to you one day and she's a conscious hairdresser and I got so inspired. I gave her my book because I, I wanted her to read it and then now I have to order myself another copy <laughs> so I can finish it because I, I got to 17 action items and I need the other three. So okay, I, right I on. need to well, go back and order another copy of it Um and I'd love to uh, read The Gift of Courage. I think it's really inspiring. I love the way you've laid it out so it's so easy to read and digest uh, for your listeners to then implement into their, into their lives. I think that's really fantastic.
1: Thank you very much. And I'll, I'll I'll make sure we get you another copy. And maybe I'll send you two so you can give away another copy. Yeah, I know. Away. I'm really
0: good at giving them away. Yeah. So.
1: Right. On. I so appreciate that, Michelle. No very problem. much appreciated. That.
0: So many people need them, too. And now you've gone on to the TED stage, too, to share your message.
1: Yep. I, uh, a few years back, I was invited uh, by TEDx Grand Forks to come and present on their stage. And the reason for that was... Um, TEDx Grand Forks or Grand Forks is a, a North Dakota community that is has a rich, rich heritage of, of agriculture. And then there's a college there that kind of um, has a has a more liberal bend to it. So it's a community that has a rich heritage. And they've experienced an influx of immigrants. And uh, one night, many, many years ago, um, somebody threw a firebomb into a Somali immigrant family's cafe and destroyed the cafe. And the the community was just torn apart by this. Um, There are some people who are anti-immigrant and some people who were pro-immigrant or just everybody's entitled to equal opportunity. And so I was given the opportunity to go speak at their at their TED organization meeting in the uh, Imperial Theater. I think it was called Empire Theater, beautiful old theater in downtown Grand Forks. And my the the topic was the title of my speech was um, uh, "Courage or Fear in Your Community: It's Your Choice." And I just presented the idea that each one of us, again, and kind of an action item thing, mm-hmm. has the capacity to build a. Uh, or trust, I'm sorry, trust or fear in your community, and that each one of us has an opportunity to build trust in our communities. And it's something as simple as not paying attention to the 30-second soundbite that the national media company is trying to get you to mm-hmm. believe and live by, and, and just speaking to your neighbor instead.
0: Mm, I love that. Yeah, it's starting from home. And if in in uh, so Ken, with all these messages that you have and this message of the good change, what is it, can you give our, um, can you give our listeners a couple of tips that they can start with um, today as we're talking about your podcasts and your books and your talks, you're out there doing the good, doing the good work out there <laughs> and making the good change. And what, what is it that we can do as podcasters or potential podcasters that are our listeners today? Uh, give us a couple of ideas of things that we can do and start with.
1: Well, the first one I would say is don't put the Q-tip in too deep, like read the instructions on the Q-tip box. You don't want to hurt your eardrum. No, that's a joke.
0: <laughs> Great tip. <laughs> thank you. With
1: Q-tip. That's a Q-tip.
0: <laughs> Cute so, tip. Thank yeah. you. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, um, one 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 idea is to just be less certain. That is the, mm. the title of the first chapter in Be the Good, and it's Be Less Certain. We walk around these days absolutely convinced that our perspective is the right perspective, and it gets in the way of us being open to the possibility that Even if it is the right perspective, there may be another perspective that's equally right. And it prevents us from getting to know other people because we're almost overly strident in our positions. And so anytime that you have an interaction with somebody, be less certain about what it is you think is the absolute truth. Another one is just take a stranger to lunch, and when it, when I say stranger, I don't mean that somebody that you just met off the street, but somebody that's different than you. There's a study that's in the book, this reference in the book, that says that the, the degree of credibility that we give people in conversations online, whether it's through social media or emailing or otherwise, it's 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 dented, we don't give people as much credibility and as much trust when all of our communication is via technology. And so invite somebody that you know that has a different perspective than you on religion, on politics, on, on gun rights, on you name it, and go have lunch with them. And it's such a simple and beautiful touch to call somebody up and say, I just wanna to get to know you better, let's go have lunch. And if you do that once or twice a year, it can shift their perspective of you and quote your side, and it can shift your perspective of their side. Really what this is all about are they're, they're just tips that we can undertake to shift the narrative. And there's the, the analogy is if you fly from Los Angeles to New York or from, from Vancouver to Toronto, and, and the plane is off by one degree at takeoff, it's going to miss the community that it's headed towards. Mm-hmm. And so all you need to do is make these little adjustments as you go along in order to arrive at the best place you're going to, where you want to end up. And it's the same thing with community. It's the same thing with people. Is Just make these little shifts, these little directional shifts periodically in order to end up at a better place. And taking somebody that you don't have eye-to-eye sentiments with, to lunch is a perfect way to do that.
0: Mm, I love that. And for all of us in the world right now, we can take them to a Zoom lunch. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Get <to know> them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until we can go to a restaurant again, depending on where you are in the world. <laughs> and uh but yeah, what a great idea. You know, uh be less certain about your perspective and take a stranger to lunch. I love
1: that. And then there's one more simple one and we do yes. still have to go to the grocery store. And this is <laughs> one item in a chapter of of a handful of items. I love doing this where I go into the grocery store. And generally speaking, the flower department of a grocery store is near the entrance because you know there's a marketing device that play there. Mm-hmm. They want you to pick up flowers. If you pick up a $2 bouquet and you go to checkout and you tell the checker that You want to give those flowers to the person, two people behind you in line, that gives you the opportunity to buy those flowers for two bucks, leave them with the checker and be gone out of the store before the person behind you gets them. And an anonymous gift like that Mm -hmm. will lift somebody's spirit and not knowing who it came from means that they have absolutely no idea of the impact that they're making on other people, because it's an anonymous gift that is treasured. And I guarantee you when they go home, whether it's a man or a woman, when they go home and they put those in a vase on their table, it's going to lighten their days for the next Mm -hmm. week or so.
0: I love that anonymous gift idea. You know, it's interesting because I the flower one that's a that's brilliant. I really like that idea. I've been through a Starbucks drive through before where I've had my my order paid for by the person in front of me, and the same sort of idea. And it's interesting because another time I went through, of course, you know, it makes you want to pay to pay it back, right? So yep. I paid for the person behind me, and 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 without the the cashier in the window didn't even say anything, but she was like you know what? She's like, this has been going on since 8 a.m. and we're at like 11 a.m. right now. She's like, this has been a nonstop chain of this happening because one person started it. I was like, wow, how many people's lives have changed or our days have been brightened and every single person felt compelled to reciprocate to the next person behind them. I was like, that's fascinating that that caused such a, it was, I ended up on the news and stuff because it was such a, it was such an interesting way that that chain hadn't been broken in three and a half hours. (laughs) Right
1: on. That's a, that's a fantastic and a remarkable story. And that in in essence is why I have the good change podcast. Mm -hmm. And that is because we can affect that kind of change instantly without very, with very little or no cost and no change in our routine, Mm -hmm. if we're conscious about it. And so these leaders of these different industries that I'm uh, interviewing that are guests on the show, They started their movement or their company or their organization the same way with one small idea, one shift in behavior, and it's blossomed into culture changing entities now.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So cool. You guys, if you haven't listened to Ken's Good Change podcast, you really need to. He's just such a great interviewer. You really draw out the stories from people. You add so much value to your listeners by the stories you're sharing and the people you're bringing on and the community that you're growing through this. Um, I commend you. You're very new to podcasting only within the last few months, yet this show is reaching top 100s in many countries right now in self-improvement and personal development and i think this is it's just the beginning of uh, a lot of good change that can happen out there
1: and michelle i i told you this and i'll tell you it again i owe so much of it to you and your company i mean you you want to talk about a heart driven and out there to make a change when we first talked I asked you why it was that you were getting into this industry, or why you were in this industry, and you explained that you had worked as a reservationist secretary, uh, office manager of a rafting company, and that that had some influence over some people, positive influence, but it wasn't big enough for you. And so, my hats off to you because you've created this community that is is, is filled with change makers and. Top to bottom, side to side, you have made, you've made this journey on the podcast so much more enjoyable and easy for for me, and so I'm really, really grateful to you.
0: Oh well, thank you, Ken. That's uh, so nice of you to say that. And yes, my my joy comes and my fulfillment comes from helping our change makers get more visibility and get out there in the world in a bigger way so they can make a bigger impact. And uh, I think that, you know, I, I love that we've built a community full of amazing change makers like yourself. So thank you so much for being on our show today, Ken. It's been a pleasure to dive into your uh, podcasts and your books and your uh, everything. And where can you send, where can we send everyone to get to know you better and also find out more about how they can order your books?
1: Yeah. So I'll be on that street corner. I was talking talking about I'm yeah. the guy with the sandwich board downtown, downtown. The sandwich board. <laughs> yeah. downtown. How many Redmond, of those Oregon. anymore? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my my website is probably the best spot. It's Ken Streeter.com, K-E-N-S-T-R-E-A ter.com, and you can find the books um, on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Um, and you can get an ebook right now of Be the Good. Uh, here's a sales pitch: You can get an ebook right now of Be the Good Kindle version for ninety-nine cents. So I would nice. love it if you bought it and and uh, left a review if it's if you're so inclined.
0: Absolutely. And don't forget to go check out the podcast, Good Change, and leave a review there as well. That would be much appreciated for Ken and a great way to support what he's all about and supporting us in, this humanity, in humanity to be better, be better people and make good change out there. So thank you so much, Ken. Amplify You family, make sure you go check out all the places you can find out more information about Ken. And until next week, go out there. Your uniqueness is your genius. The world needs your message. We can't wait to hear from you. Till then, you, take care. Thanks again. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.